0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez.
1: Well, this is Momentum all around Australia. You're listening to uh, Tim and Des, and uh, we are so grateful that you'd uh, come and spend some time with us, and we're really looking forward to delving into this week's uh, show. Before we go there, momentumaustralia.org is our website. You can check out a bit more about who we are and uh, what we aim to do, but thanks so much for tuning in. Des, my Irish co-host and friend, how are you this week? Are you well?
2: My English friend, I am very well. It's amazing that we get on being English and Irish, but, you know, you've, you've mellowed over the years and that's a good thing. So yeah, I'm great, man. Absolutely great. Good to be here.
1: And look, our topic today, and uh, Des, I'll, I'll let you introduce it a little bit more, but it's got a really interesting title and uh, we're going to unpack this. It's called Angry Women and Passive Men.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy topic, isn't it? And it's from the book, um, an article from Dr. James Dobson, formerly from Focus on the Family, from the book called Love Must Be Tough. And so the article is Angry Women and Passive Men. I can relate to it very, very easily. And so today we have with us uh, Pastor Rob Furlong, who's the pastor, senior pastor at Woodville Baptist Church in Perth. Uh, So, Rob, welcome once again.
3: Thank you, Des. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Really appreciate
1: it. Well, welcome back. And look, I know, I know that you've uh, you've actually touched on this over the years. It's hard to believe. And as we go through, you know, the article which we're about to go through for the guys listening, it's hard to believe that this was actually written back in 1983. Almost 40 years. Almost 40 years ago, and you know, it, it is really as relevant today as it was back then, and perhaps yeah. one would argue, maybe even more so. Doctor James Dobson, as Des said, it's the book "Love Must Be Tough." Angry Women and Passive Men is the article. Um, we're going to unpack this a bit more, but but can you give us a, an overview before we launch into some specifics? I mean, we can kind of get an idea, but- Oh, look, it's,
3: I've seen this in my own life. I, I'm talking here about the passivity side mm. of things, so I've had to deal with, with that in my own life, but I've also seen it in many relationships, but- We can also say this thing is as old as Adam, and it literally is as old as Adam, and as we go through our time together today, we'll see that from the book of Genesis. But it essentially comes down to, it's really talking about the struggle between men and women, and of course where that often is most manifested is in the marriage relationship Mm. where you do have a lot of angry women and you've got a lot of guys who've just checked out and they're passive, and it begs the question, what's going on? Mm. We can turn to the wisdom of Kermit the Frog, you know. (laughs) As you do. Kermit the Frog has wisdom? Kermit the Frog has women. He's listed off for us seven things that men do that upset women. The first is lie. The second is to be honest. The third is not talk. Fourth is talk too much. Fifth is not show emotions. Sixth is be too emotional. Right. Seventh is breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's we're done and dusted, guys. <laughs> that, that about something. <laughs> <laughs> if we could just get this sorted out, we'll be fine. Yeah, that is I'll, not to say anything bad about the ladies who are listening.
1: It is interesting, though. I, I have, many of you know that I've worked in radio for a long time, and Des constantly says that I talk too much. But there was... Uh, there's many times in my first marriage where she, I, you know, I'd been, a, I'd been at work all day. I talked on the radio, blah blah blah, and off air as well. And I get home, and I just, I like to find out details about. It, and she's like, "Haven't you talked enough already today?" I'm <laughs>
2: like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny." Wow,
1: I mean, because usually it's the other way round, right? I'm it's, sure. it's like yeah. trying to get my husband to talk yeah. is is a
2: challenge. Yeah. I, I can honestly say in all my two marriages, my wives have never said that to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, would you please shut up?
1: <laughs> well, they probably have said that, Des, <laughs> but it wasn't because yeah, you were talking too much. You're right. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> so look, I mean, Rob, we, we talk about this angry women, women who are angry, men that are passive. Uh, and look, if we're all honest, right, all jokes aside, and we're not having a knock at women or men here, it's just not the truth lot. is a lot of relationships end up this way. Absolutely.
3: And... It's interesting. It came to the fore again for me. As I said, I've, I've had my own experiences of having to deal with my own passivity as a man, but I've seen it in other relationships. And it came to the fore again because Karen and I have been doing some premarital counselling and also working with another young couple who could possibly be moving to marriage. And this mm. subject came up. Mm. And I said to Karen, we really do need to make sure we address this in the premarital with another couple. And out of that, Was spawned the idea. I think I'll preach this on Father's Day. The subtitle is: I want to, and we'll talk about this today. How Jesus changes that, Hmm. because we are really dealing with a key issue of relationships. But Jesus can change this. Okay.
2: Uh, Just the core. The core part of that is fundamentally how the wife and the husband react with each other. It's about, you know, for the frustration that leads to quietness, which leads to more frustration, which leads to quietness. And so it it exacerbates the issue.
1: Ironically, our childhood. And our childhood experiences seem to be a real catalyst for this problem that appears in our adulthood. So, And the article explains that. So just unpack that for us. When Dobson wrote the article, very briefly, he he
3: particularly wanted to address American women because he felt that American women, particularly at that time in the world, were raised in a culture that port- – it's what we call the classic. Today we call them rom-com, you know, romantic mm. comedies. Mm. But they were raised on a diet of the perfect relationship that – The wife is the object of the husband's affections always. He will provide all the romantic love, meet every need that she has emotionally, and life will just be perfect. And he said he felt that American women were particularly prone to that. So they come into marriage and relationships with all of this massive expectation. Mm. When I read, as I said, i read this before, but reading it lately, I actually think that it's a symptom of the Western world. Right. I, think, yes. I don't think it's just American women. I think we've yeah, all struggled with it, and men do too, okay? But, I mean, look at our TVs. Look, look at the TV shows. The farmer wants a lot, a wife, and it says, True Love is on Channel 7. I'm going, I sit, look, I'm just going to be blunt, I sit there and go, bollocks, it's not. They, <laughs> it's not True Love. mm and why or the bachelor or the bachelorette why do people put themselves through it but what the, it is continuing to portray the myth and people buy into it let's face it they mm. buy into it that this is what romance looks like mm. and so what dobson says is when that when reality sets in in marriage when you get married and that doesn't happen anger builds up over right. a period of time right conversely for men And I think passivity of men is the history of the human race. (laughs) And it's not to say being negative about men, but that's learned in childhood as well. So I heard a tragic story this week of a, uh, a man's older now, but he was telling the story of the relationship with his dad. And he said his dad would leave before sunup and get home at sundown, having worked in the office all day. He would come home. He'd say he'd have dinner with the family, and then he would go to his private office and work for the next several hours at night, and this young boy would sit outside his dad's office and pass notes that he'd written to his dad under the door. Oh, oh my gosh. And he said, "Just once," he said, "I wish I was longing for the day when just once he might push a note out back out to me."
1: Wow. Oh,
2: that's tragic.
3: It is tragic, but that's yeah. the passivity. So Dad's disengaged. Yeah. he's thrown himself into his work. What Dobson puts forward, and I think it's very true, is that so the wife's expectations are all about this fantastic romantic life that is not met. She's getting angry. Husband goes, whoa, what's going on here? And Mm. what he does is he buries himself in something else. Mm. So he just withdraws. It can be work. It can be an addiction. And we'll talk about that stuff. But he buries himself somewhere else because he thinks I'm being a good provider, I'm doing the right thing, and she doesn't appreciate it, so I'll just work harder and bury myself in that, and I don't have to deal with this.
1: This is a little left of field, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway, because you said about men being passive generically, and that seems to have been a story that's run throughout the ages. When we look, and I'm going to bring it back to the Bible, we look at Adam and Eve, right, and the whole classic, the apple and the whatever, and you know, this woman did this, the woman that she did this, and whatever. Do you think that's where it started? I mean, do we stem from that somewhere back? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question, I realize. But, but do you understand? Is that somehow affected us as men even today that we kind of, even back in the garden, we took this stance of, well, you know, <laughs> it was her. I'm not taking responsibility. I think it <laughs>
3: absolutely stems back to Genesis. And we talked last week about doubt. Uh, if you actually want if you have any doubts about the Bible actually just read Genesis 1 2 and 3 it's the story of the human race right because yeah. here we go, this book was written centuries ago and Genesis you know thousands of years ago and yet when you read this you go wait a minute this is psychology 101 and this yeah. is before psychology yeah. 101 was a subject <laughs> it's all there in the Bible yes and you look at it and go that explains
1: what's going on
3: yeah. Absolutely, it steps yeah. back to the garden.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let, let's let's start with the women, right? Okay, because... It, because <laughs> Might be better to start with the blokes. <laughs> they, come in, they come in with expectation, right? If this is true, and I think it is today, we, we all agree that this is probably... Sadly, how most relationships do end up. There's there's women who become angry because of their expectations or they haven't been met, whether they were right expectations or not. They've come in and the and the guy's just kind of been passive. He's backed off. He's not taking responsibility. He's not stepped up. He's not communicated. Blah 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 blah. They get married. There's all this beautiful honeymoon period and whatnot. But what's the slow deterioration then into her getting more and more frustrated? and the guy becoming more and more buried where he just disappears and doesn't communicate and shuts down. Where does, How does that start? Give us some examples. I don't know how it starts, but I, I think, look, I think
3: generally speaking men, we're, we're raised to be providers and to, to find value in our work and to provide for our family. And so a lot of this comes down to mixed communication, mixed messages. And so, and we will talk about expectations, but I think that, uh, the expectations, and this is what we do in in premarital counselling, is to say, okay, these are the expectations that you've been given by society. You actually need to have a you actually need to have a discussion as a husband and wife, and even mm. in the courting days and in the engagement times, what is realistic and what's not. Mm. And and it's been good in in chatting with uh, uh, one particular couple. It's been good to have this conversation because they're saying, I've got all this stuff in my head, but I need to unpack that. Mm. And then we need to have a conversation about it and then determine what is realistic and and what are the expectations going to be that are valid for our, our relationship. So it, it really does come back to that communication factor. Mm. But, you know, on, on the part of the guy, often what happens is I think we, we, we th- we're keen and we're doing it for our wives because we want to work hard and we want to provide and we want to... But we're not getting that affirmation of that, but maybe we haven't communicated, hey, this is one of the ways I show you my love. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's the communi- you've got to start talking about this stuff. But that's where I, th- I want to make a really good case here for premarital counselling. You can bring this stuff up early in premarital counselling mm. and, and, and the person who's taking you through it can bring this stuff up so you can actually begin to talk about it at that point mm. so that you're going into the marriage... You're not going to have everything sorted out. Yeah. But at least you're going in with an awareness that hey, there might be some.
1: Let's be your, on your eyes have been open to some degree, eyes around what you're getting into, yeah. and what this other person expects. At exactly. least, exactly. It's an interesting topic. We're going to come back and have a second part to the show on this. And Rob, I'd, I'd like to really, in the second half of the show, I think speak to men who are trapped in this cycle, and the guys become passive and I'm burying and I'm hiding. Let's speak into that space after the break. Stay with us here on Momentum. We're going to continue this conversation. It is off an article called Angry Women and Passive Men. In the meantime, as we take a break, love you to have a quick squeeze around the website, momentumaustralia.org, and we'll be back with our special guest, Rob Furlong, in just a moment. Stay tuned.
0: This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at momentumaustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org.
1: Well, welcome back to Momentum, and uh, thanks for tuning into this week's show. Momentumaustralia.org dot org is our website. I love your feedback and thoughts there. And uh, look, we are back this week, Tim and Des, with uh, our special guest Rob Furlong, who we had on the show last week. Uh, but our topic this week is angry women, passive men. And uh, this is an article by Dr. James Dobson, formerly a focus on the family, from the 1983 book, Love Must Be Tough. And we're saying that this is something that is relevant today, perhaps even more so than it was back in 1983. Incidentally, Des, wasn't that around the time you first came
2: to Australia? Yes, I came 1981. God bless Australia. And so so when I arrived, it was really interesting because I was in a, a suburb of Sydney and and one of the amazing things was, that I, I, I it never made, ceased to amaze me, the aggressiveness of Australian women. I mean, the, the couple who lived across the road from us, God bless them too, I mean, they were, you know, he she was the boss, she dictated what happened, he was totally passive, he made no decisions. And I, and, and as I, I stayed in Australia longer, I found more and more and more examples of that assertiveness in women.
3: That's an interesting observation. Um, I mean, Tim, you're, you're from England.
1: I think I would agree with those, to be honest. I, th- yeah. I think there is a, a culture that we've created here where, and I wonder if it started, you know, because, and again, I'm spitballing here, but, you know, you take a, in inverted a as average Australian man and, you know, we can struggle with the feelings and the emotions and the sensitive side. And I wonder if women over the years have had to just become – they've almost like they've lost some of their femininity to almost have to stand up to a man that that doesn't have that side or can't express that side well. Does that make sense? It's that we've had to, the women have had to become more like just to try and hold their own ground in community, and society a little bit. I, I mean, I, I think maybe that's, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but I think uh, that, that could be part of it. No, I think, I
3: think there's truth in what you're saying. I remember reading years ago, and this is related to what we're talking about, John Smith, who wrote a book, Advance Australia Where, uh, examined actually people of faith who came to Australia in the early days as well as uh, the convicts and all that kind of thing. Hmm. And he makes the point that like, Australia is actually a harsh climate. Mm. And, and if you go back two hundred plus years when they were first colonising Australia, it, the, just the harshness of the environment you had it was you know sink or swim. Mm. You, you, you popped out here uh, thousands of miles away from Mother England. It's sink or swim, and yeah. he said everybody who who came that they were shaped. A lot by the harshness of the conditions, mm. so I think there's something to what you're saying in terms of, uh, yeah, and, and you can see that in the Aussie psych, You know, we, we we're very cynical people, mm. but we we're also very much of you know, we we are acclimatized in that true sense, and but I think you know that helps that environmental kind of thing that the the real the
1: physical stuff has a part in shaping our psyche as well. We call it the great Aussie spirit, don't we? I mean, that, yeah. that tenacity and that, which which is the, the positive side of that. But then there is, of course, the negative where, and, and this is, I suppose, relating back into the article of ang- angry women and passive men. And we're not saying that all women are angry. That's not what we're saying. But I suppose it could lead to this relationship dynamic where, you know, perhaps even more so here in Australia because of the culture that, um, you know, when women come into a relationship with these expectations that rightly or wrongly don't get met... Um, You know, there's this aggression that can rise up and for some reason as men, we don't want to step into that space because it involves some vulnerability and transparency and feelings and emotions. And so, instead of checking in, we check out and we become passive, which is what we're talking about in this article. You've hit on a really good point there too. Because… Uh, I I think it's not just
3: either that men have checked out, but I think part of the anger that fuels women, and again, this goes back to Genesis 3. It's very instructive when God says, he's saying to Adam and Eve, these are the consequences of of what you've done. And he says to her, "Uh, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Hmm. And the history of the human race is the abuse of women by men. Let's face it. Right. And... So, you've got to factor that in where headship in this instance as a result of the fall has become something that's not loving but where the husband dominates his wife and in principle generally men dominate women and have abused women Mm. and that has contributed Mm. massively to the the anger of women. Mm. And... And yet, this 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 incredible dynamic. I, this is why I just think this is so instructive. I mean, it's, he's saying your desire will be for your husband. There'll be that longing for your husband, mm. and you want the relationship. But then, the, one of the consequences is because the word for rule here is is pushing into that area of domination. And God's saying it's not God inflicting this on them. He's saying this is the consequence of what you've done. Right. Because back in Genesis two, the relationship is all delight, one flesh, mm. bone of my bone.
1: Mm. Genesis
3: 3, it's all despair.
1: Men listening right now who, you know, they've, they've had the conversation, it, the, the, there's no common ground, there's no whatever, and now it's not that they've just checked out of, you know, uh, wanting to have the conversation, they're, they're close to checking out of the relationship because there's so much anger from her perspective. I checked out a long time ago, I'm just doing my own thing now. Speaking into that space for men. Uh, I know ladies listen to this program. Mm. There's some great advice
3: in here that Dobson had about this, but I would, I'm would just going to say fairly bluntly to ladies, stop trying to take control. Colossians 3 talks about, it gives two principles. It says, wives be subject to your husbands, and it says, husbands love your wives. And I would, if you're in that relationship where you're finding it, your needs are not being met or, or whatever, Dobson actually talks about, this concept of, when when I say separation, I'm not talking about separation from the marriage, mm. but he's saying that to be a real functioning person, you need to have times of separateness. He said the couples he worries about are the ones who are like the clinging vines. They, they just don't give each other time <laughs> to breathe. And he tells this story of a lady who, uh, Dobson advised, He said, look, just give him some space. Instead of trying to pressure him all the time, mm. you know, take control, yeah. just back off. So she did. She, she backed off. She didn't ignore him, but... Mm. He, she backed off. It only took three days because <laughs> the guy the guy couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And, and he he burst into their bedroom and he says, I can't stand this distance that's come between us. I don't know what's going on. And then he made mad, passionate love to her there on the spot. And Dobson was saying the best marriages, the best relationships the, where they have times of intimacy, mm. times where they and that's what oneness is. Oneness is not the clinging vine stuff mm. where you you can't yeah. breathe in the relationship. And that's what happens in a lot of relationships. And I say this respectfully, ladies, that uh, you expect that this bloke's going to meet every single need you have. Give up that dream because mm. that's all it is. It's a dream. Mm. In fact, I heard a thing recently where they said, you know, we've got certain needs, five things that we need in a relationship. And he made the observation that it's actually realistic. Psychologists will tell you, you should not expect that the other person is going to meet 25% of that need.
1: Yeah. It's been a great topic. Hopefully, you've got something from this week's show. Yeah. Angry women and passive men was the article that we've been referring to, and it's from the book Love Must Be Tough by Dr. James Dobson, formerly of Fox on the Family. It was back in 1983, that book. I encourage you to maybe check that out if that's helped you. And also re-listen to this uh, this podcast as well. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. You can find it there. Or if you put in Momentum Australia into Spotify or any one of your uh, your favorite podcast platforms, uh, you'll come across uh, us at Momentum. It is Tim and Des. And our special guest is uh, Rob Furlong this week. Rob, we appreciate you uh, over the last couple of weeks, mate. Once again, very raw, very honest. And uh, we appreciate all that you've sown into us and the lives of men listening and women, of course, all around Australia. So thank you, my friend. It's been good. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Des. Great to be with you again.
0: You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.